Where the hell is that fleece? Um, I, I haven't seen it in a while. I believe it's in my closet. From WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, it's the Christie Tracker. The immediate threat is for severe flooding. We're lucky we dodged a bullet in New Jersey this time. I appreciate all of your concerns for Commissioner Fox, um, but he is at work. You asked two completely off-topic questions. You're 0 for 2. I'm David First. Today we sift through the fallout of the resignation of Christie's Transportation Commissioner Jamie Foxx. After Christie dodged questions about his whereabouts at a press conference on Friday and said, hey, Fox was still at work, the resignation was announced at 5.03 p.m. that afternoon, the classic time for politicians to sneak out some news they don't really want to get very much attention. We're here with Matt Katz, who covers Governor Christie for New Jersey Public Radio and WNYC, and uh, later we're going to run down Matt's list of Governor Christie's top seven Friday afternoon news dumps. But first, let's start with the storm. Welcome back, Matt. Thanks, David. And you know, sequels rarely live up uh, to the originals, right? Uh, I mean, last week, Governor Christie was preparing for Sandy 2, the return of the Blue Fleece. But uh, as the weekend approached, it became clear this was going to be Joaquin, the storm that missed us. And that was great news for the state and the region. But uh, Matt Katz, is it wrong to say that the governor seemed happy to be donning a fleece again, as if to say, remember me, I'm not the Bridgegate guy, I'm the storm guy, I'm your friend during a natural disaster. I will say that he feels comfortable in that role. He feels confident and able in the role of saying, listen, we have an emergency going on, this is what you need to do, you need to prepare, we've got you covered in X, Y, and Z ways, Uh, get the hell off the beach, see you back here at the podium in a few hours, and I'll give you all an update. That is a role that suits the governor's personality and political skills, for sure. Now, was he hoping for a storm in order for him to demonstrate leadership on the national stage as his uh, presidential campaign is deep underway and yet struggling to gain traction? That might be a little too cynical, even for my taste, to think that he actually wanted this. But for sure, this was a potential moment for him, and he he wasn't going to uh, let it pass by, either from a New Jersey governor perspective or from, you know, whatever subtle hints he could send politically nationally. And that's an image uh, put forward in a new ad this week, one that opens with the governor in storm mode. In New Jersey as governor, I've stood up against economic calamity and unprecedented natural disaster. We balanced six budgets. We should be very clear. We don't want to violate any FEC rules here. Uh, This was not a campaign ad. It is a super PAC supporting Chris Christie that until he was an actual candidate for governor, he was actually the chairman of the super PAC. And their only job is to really run ads and send out tweets on behalf of the governor. Having said that, yes, they immediately put out an ad. It was time for when the storm would have passed through if it had actually happened. And uh, it showed images of Christie after Sandy hugging Sandy victims and referenced the storm very directly. So last week, the governor cancels his weekend campaign schedule, prepares for what could have been another natural disaster. And he holds these press conferences and the news conference on Friday, October 2nd. At that point, didn't we already know Joaquin was headed out to sea? We did. These were the first news conferences he's held about New Jersey issues in New Jersey 
since he was a candidate for president. You know, he dusted off the gubernatorial podium and actually, you know, talked to the press about New Jersey issues. I mean, I don't want to diminish the fact that there was a Category 4 hurricane in play for New Jersey, and we've seen these forecasts change before. But, you know, the Friday afternoon press conference, how much of this was, uh, you know, a state of emergency storm update and how much of it was campaign theatrics? It was certainly a show, whether this was campaign or just the normal show that the governor's office has been putting on for uh, his entire one and a half terms. It's hard to distinguish, but it was a classic Christie operation. It's staged at a firehouse. They brought in a cop car and they brought in an inflatable rescue boat. Then they also parked the fire truck. And Christie's advance team, exceptional what they do, park these vehicles sort of diagonally behind the podium to give the full effect. So if your, your, your camera shot gets Christie in front of the inflatable boat and the fire truck and the police car. The audience is not actually mostly press. It's local residents. The mayor of Seattle City is, is a big Christie fan, is a Republican, and he started calling people the night before. I was sitting again, uh, next to a bunch of guys from a nearby uh, American Legion Hall, and you know, they're, they're, they're buddies with the, with the mayor. He's a good guy. He called them, asked them to show up. They showed up. So Christie's advance team or, or somebody from the governor's office you know, calls the mayor and like, can you, can you get some people out there? And then the mayor calls the, the head of the American Legion Hall. And then he calls a couple of his buddies. You know, no protesters. It sort of ensures that this is a relatively intimate affair. Um, but it also ensures that he has a bit of a crowd. I mean, he likes to perform in front of an audience. I think we all know that. So when he takes our questions, it gives him... A home field advantage. But that being said, he is still stuck answering questions from from you about scandal and a resigning cabinet member. Governor, just uh, wondering if um, Commissioner Fox is still in good standing with the administration. I didn't see him here today or, or yesterday with your press conference. Uh, some revelations. Yeah, no reason why he wouldn't be. Is he still? The, the, I, I think I just answered the question. Next. I've been to these storm press conferences before. His transportation commissioner is often flanking him at the podium. Christie gets uh, what he describes as two off-topic questions from you during this uh, press conference. He berates you publicly about it and refuses to uh, call on you uh, the next time your your hand goes up. No, no chance, Matt. You know, try to raise your hand again. You, you know, you asked two completely off-topic questions. You're you're zero for two. So it was totally off-topic. So let, let, let's go to someone who I don't usually take questions from. He says, hey, let's try somebody new. And then the next reporter also asks about uh, Jamie Foxx. That's right. She was a local reporter from the Bergen Record. She normally covers towns. She does not cover the governor. She was dispatched to the press conference in order to ask about Jamie Foxx specifically. She did. And she got more of an answer than I got. Commissioner Fox has been on all the calls and has been at the meetings that we've had in preparation for this, along with Deputy Commissioner Bertoni. Um, and they're fully engaged in making sure um, that our road system and our mass transit system across the state is prepared to help folks move around the state um, despite whatever weather challenges we might have. So I appreciate all of your concerns for, for Commissioner Fox, um, but he is at work and working hard along with Deputy Commissioner Bertoni. It still wasn't. The full answer. The full answer was coming at 5.03 p.m. That's right.
So what's the real reason for the Fox resignation? They're saying that there was uh, been hearing lots of little things here and there, that there was a real dispute uh, between the two of them over what to do about the Transportation Trust Fund. There are three possibilities. One, this guy was brought in in order to raise the gas tax and fund this broken trust fund that's supposed to fix New Jersey's roads and bridges. Halfway through his one-year term, the governor signed a pledge with a conservative activist, uh, Grover Norquist, to say that he would never raise taxes ever as a public official. This was a gambit in order to uh, prove his conservative bona fides. That then really cut Jamie Foxx down at the knees because he was a Democrat who apparently thought that that's what his job was to do, is to figure out a deal that would involve raising the gas tax. And Christie also started directly contradicting his transportation commissioner by saying it was not a crisis in the transportation trust fund, even though Jamie Foxx had held these press conferences where he screamed to the high heavens about this crisis. There was clearly space between the men, and the end was inevitable. Throw into the mix the fact that Fox was the subject of uh, news reports all week long linking him to scandal. And then those are the other two reasons, the two scandals that he's been linked to. Uh, As we reported, he apparently had been pressuring Democrats to back away from the Bridgegate probe in the fall of 2013. And then, he's, of course, he was a lobbyist for United Airlines, which meant that he was at the table when the deal to give uh, former Port Authority Chairman David Sampson a flight to his vacation home in exchange, allegedly, for benefits that United would get at Newark Airport, which was owned by the Port Authority, also linked to being involved in meetings as Transportation Commissioner about United issues weeks after he had stopped being United's lobbyist, which also posed a potential conflict of interest. Maybe it was one, maybe it was all three. Maybe time will tell. Um, Maybe we'll never know. The Jamie Foxx situation is getting uh, attention at home, but it really isn't getting much national play. Uh, Governor Christie's polling numbers are getting a bit of a boost right now. And on uh, ABC this weekend, George Stephanopoulos did not ask about Fox, but he did mention the poll numbers. Showing a little progress in the campaign. You had a good performance at the last debate. New polls out this morning show you picking up a couple of points. He hasn't been asked about Jamie Foxx. He hasn't been asked about the... um the, the chairman's flight of late. I don't think he's been asked about anything related to New Jersey in weeks. The people out there in the audience today, they don't care about what I've done. They care about what I'm going to do for them going forward as president of the United States. You know, part of that is because the vast majority of his interviews are with friendly conservative outlets. And part of that is because other so-called mainstream journalists are more interested. They, they've shown to be much more interested in in the horse race. Shifting to another possible indication of problems at home, you reported that Governor Christie recently replaced the two top attorneys in the governor's office with an expert on electronic data collection and an authority on political corruption. What's behind these moves? We don't know. The governor's office won't talk about it. Wouldn't answer any questions about why they hired these people. Wouldn't answer questions about one of these people was hired without so much as a press release, which broke protocol. Wouldn't even tell me their public salaries, which is actually against uh, public records law. You're supposed to tell people who ask salaries immediately, according to state law. So we don't know what's happening here. Um, And we don't know if this was just a, a coincidence that people who have experience in things that seem to relate 
to the controversies the governor is dealing with have recently been hired. It's intriguing, and it's certainly something to watch. Thomas Scrivo, he's the new chief counsel, and he was appointed as the vice chairman of the state Supreme Court Committee on Ethical Issues Involving Metadata, which is a committee you've never heard of. But it's kind of interesting because metadata is the digital information that can shed light on deleted documents. And what is the top issue right now before the federal judge presiding over the Bridgegate case? But it's metadata. And it's whether metadata from notes taken by Christie's lawyers when they were conducting interviews with the governor and about 75 other people uh, about Bridgegate, whether those notes, the metadata from those notes can be uh, provided to the court and given to uh, the attorneys of the other parties involved. These are the notes from uh, what became the Mastro report that exonerated the governor? That's right. Randy Mastro, the lawyer for the governor, who's um, going to earn probably close to $10 million in taxpayer funds for all this. Mastro says there are no notes beyond the report he put out. So the lawyers for Bridget Kelly and uh, Bill Baroni, who were indicted in this scheme, they want the metadata, which they say must exist because something had to have been typed into a computer at some point. The other attorney who was hired is Scott Kafina, who's been quoted in the press extensively about political corruption. Uh, He's a former White House lawyer. He actually, I just found this this morning, wrote a long article about Bridgegate and legal issues involved in Bridgegate back right when the scandal first broke. Again, we don't know whether his hiring has anything to do with the scandals. We also, of course, don't even know how much he's making. Okay, so let's have it. Let's finish with your list of Governor Christie's seven best Friday afternoon news dumps. Not No, not a top ten. This is a top seven. This late Friday afternoon news dump tradition is being kept alive and well by the Christie administration. So uh, here we go. Number seven. Christie's foreign trips took uh, six months before the governor's office would tell us how much it cost him to go to Mexico, Canada, and the United Kingdom. When he finally told us, Friday afternoon, $123,893. Number six. Bridgegate legal bills. We got a second batch of legal bills late on a Friday, and it was revealed that the cost to taxpayers for the lawyers representing the governor's office had more than doubled to about $6 million total right now, by the way. About $10 million. Okay. <laughs> Number five. David Wildstein's resignation was leaked to a couple of select news outlets late on a Friday. This was back in December of 2014. The controversy over those sudden and mysterious lane closures around the George Washington Bridge back in September claimed a casualty today, somebody who is reported to be very close to Governor Christie. His name is David Wildstein. Resignations, by the way, of other top officials at the Port Authority, Bill Baroni, David Sampson, also announced on Fridays, but earlier in the day, so we're not counting them as official news dumps. Okay, as we move through the hits here, number four. Jamie Foxx's resignation just this week. There's other significant news breaking this evening about the Department of Transportation Commissioner, Jamie Foxx. He's out. You know about that. Announced at 5.03 p.m., about four hours after the governor was asked directly about Jamie Foxx, and he dodged the questions. Okay, number three. Toll hikes. Port Authority announced massive toll hikes at all of its crossings on a Friday afternoon in August. Friday afternoon at the Lincoln Tunnel, bumper-to-bumper traffic heading out of the city. But what's really got motorists heating up is what they're hearing about this proposed toll hike. 
everyone loves toll hikes. If we bury it on a Friday afternoon, it'll be like it never happened. No one will even know about it, Matt. Yeah, how would you even know? <laughs> Number two. Rejection of post-Bridgegate Port Authority reform. This was the news dumps of all dumps because it involved two governors. It happened on a Saturday night. Unanimous vote by Republicans and Democrats in both the New Jersey and New York legislatures to reform the Port Authority. But the governors Christie and Cuomo have vetoed that plan. And it happens between Christmas and New Year's. You couldn't bury this thing more if you dug it up and threw it in the ground. This was a bill passed by both Houses of uh, legislature in both New York and New Jersey passed unanimously, and Governors Christine Cuomo announced on a Saturday night that they were rejecting it. Okay, it breaks the uh, Friday afternoon rule slightly, but uh, what's number one? Gun vetoes. And this one is number one because it has had the most political legs. Tough guy waited until the last day before the holiday weekend to sign it. Ah, Maybe no one will notice. He'd had the legislation since May. Why did he pick the day before the holiday weekend to sign it? Christie announced vetoes of three major pieces of gun control legislation on a Friday a few weeks before his re-election in 2013. This was right after the Sandy Hook Elementary School shootings. These were the bills that were supposed to address that tragedy, and they were uh, some of the most controversial vetoes of Christie's entire tenure. We now know that conservatives in early presidential states like New Hampshire, uh, where gun rights activists are very critical to the political process, actually lobbied Christie on these bills. Well, Matt Katz, who covers Governor Christie for New Jersey Public Radio, WNYC, and uh, has a book on the governor coming out uh, early next year. Good to see you again. Thanks, David. No rest on Friday afternoons for uh, uh, New Jersey area reporters. Somebody told me I was whining by uh, posting this list. And you know what? I'll admit it. We were, I was whining on behalf of the Trenton Press Corps. <laughs> because, you know, what happens when news breaks at 5 o'clock on a Friday, that means we're working till 9, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. And that means, you know, drinks canceled, dates canceled, family time postponed. You can't Netflix and chill if the governor drops a, a Friday news dump. Christy Tracker Podcast is a production of WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, thanks to associate producer Joseph Capriglione. Our theme music is by 29 Hour Music People. You can subscribe to the Christy Tracker Podcast on iTunes, like us on Facebook, and you can follow Matt Katz at MattKatz00. That's Matt, K-A-T-Z. I'm David First, and just in case you were wondering why the governor wasn't sporting his blue fleece during last Friday's press conference. Given that Joaquin wasn't coming ashore, I didn't think it appropriate um, to break out the heavy artillery of the fleece.